Hello, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of That Security Podcast. My name is Ashish. I've got Ricky, my co-host, and we have an amazing guest from Canada, Tanya Jenka. Hey, Tanya. Hey. Thanks for joining us. So um, I usually butcher the introduction of people, and I don't think I ever do justice enough for what people do. So would you quickly introduce yourself to the audience of uh, That Security Podcast as to what you do? <laughs> Awesome. So I am Tanya Jenka, also known as She Hacks Purple on the internet, because I am a purple team enthusiast. I do AppSec, um, which is like uh, basically where the security team and the software developers come together. It's that magical point in the middle. And uh, I work for Microsoft as a cloud advocate. So basically, um, I had this hobby of speaking at conferences, working on open source projects, releasing security research for free and then Microsoft said, hey, did you know that's a job? <laughs> <laughs> I know, once he convinced me that he wasn't just faking me out, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll come for an interview. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so, so now I like do security research and then help them kind of understand what the community wants and what people need and how like we can make things work even better for everyone. And then I just get to create like free training articles, like every single piece of my work I get to release for free, which is what I wanted. And yeah, as if I get uh, <laughs> That's all? Like, so you get to create content and distribute for free. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. It's awesome. It's really good. And I also like, I get to see all the cool stuff before the public does. And I get pre <laughs> everything and that's also extra cool i like it i was gonna quickly plug in because you mentioned open source and free content i was gonna mention the t-shirt you're wearing OWASP, like the secret community yes yeah. okay so get to i should also mention um uh, OWASP and i are in a long-term relationship <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm a big member or is it just a casual one no it's serious we're married <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the OWASP community. Basically, um, they were the ones that helped me find my professional mentor. Um, I became a part of the chapter and the other chapter leader. Immediately, we became partners. And um, he just, like Sharif Kusa, he's from the Ottawa chapter. He's just this wonderful, wonderful human. And he taught me a million things. And, you know, I would say, hey, I, I want us to capture the flag and he's like okay like if you'll do the work I'm in right so then yes. we ran one every year for the past five years now and then eventually I met this cool woman named Nicole Becker at one of the OWASP conferences global AppSec and she asked like hey do you want to start a project with me and I was like you had me at hello <laughs> <laughs> well I, I, I was going to say that's a great introduction. There's a lot to unpack as well. Um, I think I was going to quickly start off with because the audience that we have is a mix of either cybersecurity students or folks who are trying to get into cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned a few things. You mentioned purple team. You mentioned being that bridge between developer security. So I think what a lot of people would call it uh, application security or mm -hmm. application security programmer. What does that mean, and why is that role important? Okay, so application security or AppSec for short is anything you do to try to make your software more secure. 
Um, you can have a formal AppSec program where you have activities that have to happen within your system development lifecycle. So let's say, you know, when you get to the design phase, you do threat modeling, which is figuring out, you know, what kinds of risks and threats might be facing your application. Then you go look for them and see if you're vulnerable to them. You try to mitigate them and just make sure everyone knows what's going on because sometimes you don't realize what the risks are. So there's several different activities you can do part of the system lifecycle process. And you can also just freestyle it and do just weird things that aren't necessarily official. But if you're trying to make your software more secure, you're doing AppSec. And OWASP right. is called the Open Web Application Security Project, and we're all obsessed with helping everyone make software more secure. And um, when I decided I wanted to get into security, my first professional mentor was an ethical hacker, and he just did pen tests all the time. He is king of burp suite and Nessus, and he would just scan all the things and write all the reports, um, and, it, and it was good. Um, but then eventually like you know i met sharif who was from OWASP, and i met all these other people and that although it's like really exciting when you find a vulnerability you're like yes i totally like read stuff out of their database that i wasn't supposed to or whatever um i found that because my previous job i was a software developer forever for 17 years i'm older than i look people are usually pretty confused when i say that um <laughs> So I've been writing code for four <laughs> years, something like that. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So, like, I would talk to the software developers, and I'd be like, "Oh, well, let me help you fix it." And like, you know, I discovered, "Oh, like, we're all having problems with cross-site scripting." Like, I'm gonna make, you know, it's like totally terrifying when I first started doing public speaking. I'm like, I'm gonna show everyone how to use OWASP. So everyone can scan. So like no one's going to send me code that's like ridiculously insecure. So like I have to do harder pen testing and it, it's more advanced. So by the time it gets to me, it's like in you know, okay shape. Right. And then basically I started realizing that the part that made me feel good and made me feel um, like I was doing the best for the place that I worked was to do yep application security so rather than concentrating um, just on red team like attacker offensive type of security like pen testing I found personally like because I feel software developers are like my people <laughs> like I always just naturally tend to get along well with them I'm like yeah that's right logic or like let's script that I'm never doing this twice <laughs> and, um, so like I, I found that like you know pen testers like I had lots of friends that do that but I found that like working with the developers was the thing that like really made me happy and um so people often call that purple team so like there's the developers our oh, yep. blue team so they'll do things like um you know like they'll put in a sim or, or they'll um they'll add like a WAF a web application firewall or they'll do things like that but then the appsec person's kind of purple team because they're like oh I'll do some security testing for you uh, but then I, you know, like I looked at all the results and it turns out all of us are allergic to security headers. So <laughs> I'm going to like write like a little, you know, like a little email newsletter, like, hey, did you know you can do this and prevent that? And like, or um, I remember making a proof of concept because no one, no one believed click jacking was a problem. No one thought that we should use security header that everyone should use and um so then i made like this little proof of concept and then i emailed the uh, 
team and the developers. I was like, hey, you want an iPad? Click on this link. And they're like, Tanya, we know it's you. And I'm like, but you also know we have 20,000 employees and someone's going to click on that link. So see the enjoyment, because I only sent it to like six people just to show. And then they're like, oh, it looks like you're stealing our usernames and passwords. I'm like, I am. And they're like, it looks like prod. I'm like, it is. <laughs> they're like, well, it's like in bright yellow, so we can totally see. I'm like, it's in yellow, so you can see dum-dums. I would make it see-through, mm. and they're like, let's do, so, so how do we do these security headers? <laughs> All of a sudden, everyone's on board, and um, I guess I just, I felt like so, pen testing was like really exciting while I was doing it, but I felt like, because I was an employee, not a consultant, that I would just do a better job if I did AppSec. Like if I worked with the developers and like made like a long-term plan instead of coming in kind of like, choop, 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 here's your report. See you next year. That's your problem. <laughs> yes, that's right. And that's, that's a great journey. And I yeah. guess, um, from your point of view, I guess, knowing you're in that space now, what, what is an average day? Maybe it's not an average day, but what is a, a rough guide of a day or a week look like for you these days? Well, because I am currently doing advocacy work, it's kind of weird. So I tend to meet with um, lots of people from the community. So a lot of people who are doing startups, like AppSec startups will talk to me and like kind of bounce ideas off me. Um, I talk to all the internal security teams at Microsoft all the time. So I don't know if you know, we finally released our internal hacker tool to the public. Uh, Oh. Yeah, in May. And so I'd seen it for a long time. Like we made our own fuzzer, basically, and um, it fits into our DevOps pipeline and all that. And so that's what we use on Windows, on Edge, on all the things that we make. And I kept telling them, like, people will buy that. <laughs> and they're like, no, <laughs> just like our thing. I'm like, you have been working on this fuzzer for like 20 years. Like, it's awesome. Right, and so they released it, and yeah, people people like it. <laughs> so, so what? I mean, are you allowed to talk about what the name is of oh, the yes. product? Oh my gosh, I'm so silly. Okay, so it's called Microsoft Risk Detection, and it does fuzzing for like Windows apps, Linux apps, but now brand new web apps. Like, like Burp Suite for Windows? Yeah, yeah. Oh right. I know, and it's like so you like upload binaries. And it'll do it, or you can put it, we have like Azure DevOps, right? And I'm a giant Azure DevOps nerd because what's better than AppSec? Automating AppSec. Um, so I like add all my security tools to the pipeline and make it do the boring work for me. And um, yep. it fits into our pipeline. And so I got to play with it like months and months before they released That's it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah really exciting to release it. And, um, yeah. I'll Sorry, I was, I was going to quickly, oh, I'll let you finish, sorry, I just jumped, keep jumping in. I've got this habit of just jumping in. There's, like a, there's a new thing they're coming out with, so like for a long time, we've had like our own API fuzzer as well, and it's called Wrestler, and they're going to release that soon, and they, they released a paper about it, so I'm allowed to talk about it. Um, but All I'm right, just, okay. I'm super excited, so of course, like we like scanned Pixie with it from the DevSlot project, or like vulnerable APIs, and we're just like fooling around, and it's kind of cool, right? Like it's it's exciting that like that internal tool that everyone's kind of using. They're like, oh no, it's not good enough. I'm like, guys, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just not good now. Yeah. I, think awesome, but I was going to say, I think we just got some Microsoft calls when you mentioned the second API too, but I guess, but when you just mentioned that it's been publicly released, like, oh, I thought I, I had an exclusive, but I don't. It's coming so soon. It's coming so soon. Yeah, they, they released like a blog post about it, and I think like a research white paper on it about like why APIs need to be fuzzed in a different way. Like, oh, right like lots of linting on your protocol to make sure, like if someone's doing like a delete on a get request, then all the protections yes. within the protocol for the delete function aren't applied, things like that. Oh, so they that's pretty interesting. So, uh, so I think it's really interesting because you mentioned the tools as well, because uh, when you were talking about a journey, I think a couple of things that stood out for me, um, software development pen testing, and then uh, kind of moving into AppSec, um, I, you, and you're doing some cloud security work as well. Um, and it's really interesting, do you find, and I guess I'm thinking about the audience who would be listening to this as well, because they might, I guess a lot of people would think cloud security and application security are two different things. And I guess they're stream of their own. Would you agree with it, or do you think they need to be separate? I mean, considering people like you and I are probably doing both. Yeah. So it's like, how do you explain that? How do you answer that question? Are they separate or are they, yeah, are, you know, are they converging at some point? Okay, I would say that there's some overlap. And basically, so cloud security is definitely network security, right? But in the cloud, so it's different, there's different threats. But because your apps are now outside of your data center, there's like slightly more things to consider. And also a lot of the cloud native or cloud providers are now providing like native tools, like tools that are only in AWS or only in Azure. They are doing some AppSec things. So um, in Azure, because that's the one I know, uh, they have yeah. um, Azure Security Center. And the thing that it does, like it does a whole bunch of things, but the magical thing, in my opinion, is um, recommendations. So it gives you like a list of recommendations. So it'll say stuff like, you're using an old version of Node.js. Like it's a low, problem now, but we want you to plan to update that. Or, you know, this website's available via HTTP. We don't feel that's a good idea. We think that you should be HTTPS only. And um, they're getting right. like deeper and deeper into as many AppSec things as they can with get into your business logic and um, pissing off customers. So the recommendations, they don't force okay. them on you. Um, and then yeah. all the cloud providers are also doing like a lot of integration directly with the um, AppSec vendors. So like right. big, big ones like Contrast, Security, Sneak, um, Veracode, all of those, like you just like press a button and, and it's in, right? So although so, that's not directly AppSec, it's like we've written things to make sure that it's smooth as opposed to like, I don't know if you've like ever bought a tool and then had to spend $50,000 in contracting to get it installed. Um, mm -hmm. So like literally it's like button press now with most major popular security. So, someone who's trying to get into the field, um, I guess application security field, should they consider cloud security? Because to your point, if it's going to be a click of a button, but you wouldn't kind of need to know the results that come out of that application security tool, what they would look like. So you kind of need the application security, but you can start with the foundation of cloud security and then uh, build on the application security or I guess vice versa. Is that a fair statement? Um, I guess it depends on what your final goals are. Like 
Uh, like I, there's some, so I'm strangely like I'm the only security only advocate um, of all the advocates like the, uh, so, so I'm like the weirdo. And so I'm on the operations, like modern operations. You're not a weirdo, Tanya. You're not a weirdo. They're calling you. <laughs> Except for the berry eating part, I, you're not a weirdo. <laughs> but, so like the, but so all the people on my team are like crazy awesome at like site reliability engineering and like super advanced modern operations things. And like, I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do that. So when I say cloud security, I mean like knowing how to use like the cloud native tools and like general network security best practices and like how you do that in the cloud. So like we used to do zoning in, yeah. in like network security and you can do zoning in the cloud. However, like what most people are moving towards is like zero trust, assuming you've been breached. So instead of before we put all sorts of like databases in one zone and have a big nice firewall around it but if someone would yeah. get into it ping 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 like they've got all your stuff because all of that stuff trusted each other and now instead like from default most people like with um zero trust it can be like having all your ports closed so if i have a yeah, database yeah. now it does not talk to anything ever 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 except for you know my app that it directly connects to or if i as the administrator of it, use the correct, you know, log into the Azure portal and then use the correct Azure tool and then have the password to open up the port. And then it closes yep. itself automatically. So like, it's just, it's just like, there's kind of more modern approaches and a lot of people call that cloud, cloud security. Like yep. Yep. before you'd use like a jump box. So like, I'm gonna remote desktop into the network and you would go to the jump box or the bastion host yep. or whatever you want to call it and then now instead it's like all the ports are just closed all the time and now you can just flip them open for an hour or whatever it is you're doing and they automatically close like it's kind of like yeah we're just we're improving and so a lot of people yeah. are calling those new ideas cloud security and some people might um. argue because you could theoretically do some of it on premises like you could do yes. zero trust on prem I don't know how, but you could. <laughs> yeah, so it's an interesting one as well, because I think for just for the audience, because Zero Trust is a, a concept that was started by Google Project as well, right? And there's a lot of lot of different definitions to it. And I guess the way an enterprise would approach Zero Pro, sorry, Zero Trust versus say a startup would approach Zero Trust, or a product company like Netflix would approach Zero Trust. That I think there's a bit of a variation. What's your definition of Zero Trust? And I guess for, for just to finish that, for an audience who is listening may not have, I guess, that much of knowledge. So just from that perspective as well, what should they be caring about Zero Trust? I would say that if you are going to deploy a resource or an application or an API or anything, if it's going to interact with other stuff, that by default, it trusts no one or nothing. So let's say that I'm an application and I'm gonna call an API. Even though you, Ashish, are on my team and you wrote the API, I'm still gonna be like, what if his, his API has been compromised? So, or, or what, if his, what if someone else is pretending to be his API? So every time I'm gonna verify, every time I'm gonna authenticate you, or unless we have like a token, an ongoing relationship, I'm going to assume that I need to build the trust with you each time. Um, and so, uh, like another example would be like, let's say I put, um, a virtual machine in my network 
it's going to be closed to everything unless it needs to talk to stuff. So I, I have one um, where I just have a bunch of security tools. I have OWASP, Zap, and all sorts of stuff. It would be awful if someone took control of that and attacked things with it, and then I was held yeah. responsible. So all the ports are automatically and always closed. If I'm going to log in, I have to, one, have the right... 64-bit random character password. I have to know its IP address. I have to be coming from my IP address and I have to log into the Azure portal and flick open the port and tell it I'm coming from here, accept me. So if I've, and I have MFA on my Azure um, subscription. So like that's zero trust. It's like, I don't trust you. I don't know that you're Tanya, prove you're Tanya. Prove that it's okay yeah. right now. Prove that you're coming from the right place. And so the idea is, is before we used to just have automatic trust. Um, we would just have a giant, amazing perimeter. It would be like the world's biggest firewall, so strong. But then once you got in, we're like, I love you. I'm just gonna assume you're great. <laughs> and so if a hacker got in, like a malicious actor, they could yeah. hit it and like do all sorts of other things. And it's like, oh, the doors were wide open. Come on over. And that was the old way that we used to do things. And now like the new way is, is zero trust. Like you have, you have to earn my trust. Like what was that show? X-Files? Trust no one. Oh yeah. <laughs> so out of interest, Tanya. Um, so let, let's say an organization um, is looking to mature the environment or you've got someone who wants to maybe progress into this, this part of the industry. What are the sort of skill sets should someone be looking to learn or background or even which sort of skills should a company be looking out for, in your opinion? For cloud security or for AppSec or for both? Both, to be honest. Okay. So for cloud security, um, because each cloud is so different, um, like there's a baseline of understanding the concepts of zero trust, but like let's say because I'm from Azure, so let's say you're gonna go work at a company where they're using Azure. So perhaps they would have some Azure security certifications because we have those. That would be like a good, because they've passed exams, right? See that they have Azure yep. experience. If you're looking to get into it, um, the OWASP DevSlop team, we have um, a channel on YouTube and we did a workshop and uh, all the codes and everything are still valid. So you can just go and participate and do the entire workshop with us, like with the recording online. So there's like a free trial for anyone that wants to try it. And then I show you how to turn on Azure Security Center. We talk about like all the different new concepts within cloud security and how it differs from traditional security, like network security and on-prem and like what your responsibilities are versus what you can make Microsoft responsible for. And some of, so some of these concepts are like general for all clouds and some of them are specific to us. And um, so that's one thing you could do for free. We also- Sorry, and we can share that. Yes, absolutely. I will share that with you. And there's also a thing we created called Microsoft Learn. And so I created um, a five things you need to know before you push to prod lesson. And it's like 45 minutes and it's like the top five security concerns. If you're going to push an app uh, in app, so you're a software developer and you're like, what's the most important, like, where do I start? Um, and I'm working on a new module for DevSecOps. Um, so like how to add as many security tools as possible, including free ones um, for, uh, 
like for Azure DevOps. And so some of them are made by us, some of them are made by other companies, um, like popular ones, and then there's a bunch of free ones. Um, but there's like uh, an entire um, Microsoft Learn module for like how to handle identity, you know, who's responsible for this or that in regards to security. It, like it goes on and on and on, like all the security teams, basically we all had to make a, a learn module to cover like what our specialty is because so if, if you sign up and use our cloud and then you always have good security experiences, then it's like score, maybe they'll want to keep being our customer. So we decided that we would just try to um, make all of the knowledge free um, so that like to encourage people to learn because right now, like, like um, interview I told them I'm so like I'm really biased uh, but I feel like one of the biggest problems in the security industry is that you can't just go to school and learn it and then and then you're like I'm now a software developer like you can do it's like like I took computer science I graduate I'm like I'm a programmer hire me and then I win my program right Nothing you can't I mean, you can't really go to school and be like, I'm an AppSec engineer, hire me. You can't really go to school and be like, I am a cloud security architect. And I was like, I want to do my absolute best to fix this. Are you guys in? And they're like, we are. Um, and so that's where Microsoft Learn came from. They're like, let's just like take all of our brains and like download them. And so there's like exercises that are hands on and all of that. So I'll link to that too, for sure. Um, so basically. Okay. If there's anything that's like like kind of weird and out of bounds, then I just put it on my blog. So I'll share that too. So like I have this whole series. So if you want to learn about AppSec, I have this whole series called Pushing Left Like a Boss. And I think there's 17 posts so far and I have a few more to go. And it's about every single activity that I feel that you could do within the system development life cycle, as well as like a secure coding guideline, like broken down to basically like all the stuff I used to do at work when I was an AppSec engineer, just like, this is what I would ask for from my team. Like, these are the security headers I want. These are the settings that I want. If you're not gonna use them, there needs to be business reason why you're not doing it this way. Like, I'll talk, let's talk. Tell me what you need and let me see if I can find like a better security idea, but, I wanted to release it so that anywhere where they don't have an AppSec um, like standard or guideline for their developers, I'm like, copy mine, please copy it. Just copy it, it's free. I've got links of how to do everything. I just want to use the internet and be safe. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. that. So, I so just want to quickly plug in your article on uh, how to get started on AppSec as well. I think you have an article for that as well. Yes, I also have an article about how to get started in AppSec. Like, how to get started in InfoSec. And then, so it's like, I suggest getting a professional mentor. I suggest like a bunch of learning resources and like ideas of things that you could do. And then I have another article about how to get started in AppSec specifically. And there's a bunch of um, free online learning modules. And someone pointed out to me a few weeks ago and I forgot that I did not <clears throat> list myself. Uh, that I should. They're like, you're, you're pushing left like a boss should be on there, silly. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm gonna add that. <laughs> um, so, when, I, I think that's pretty awesome as well because a lot of questions that people, I guess, cybersecurity students would have is where do I start? And it's really good to know that there are a lot of free resources for them to start in cloud security, AppSec, 
you kind of threw the word DevSecOps in there, and I know uh, you and I, it's, it's very close to you and I personally. So um, just a, a short version, if, I guess, AppSec is the, is the foundation to DevSecOps. Is that yeah, right? I would, I would say, I, sorry to interrupt. Um, no, 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 you go. I have this friend, Imran Mohammed. I don't know if you've ever met him, but he's this awesome dude. I have met him. Singapore-based, right? Yeah, he's, he's awesome. awesome. So um, him and I were talking one day and I was like, you know, I don't know how to define DevSecOps. He's like, Tanya, we've been doing it for years. It's called AppSec, except for you're in a DevOps environment. That's it. It's the goals are all the same. You just sometimes have to take a different path to get there. And I'm like, this is why I'm sitting in your classroom. <laughs> oh, you went for his class. Yeah, I took his class. It was super fun. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got the uh, DevSecOps Studio project on a wasp as yep, well. Yep, and oh, he- Shout out, shout out to Mohammed <laughs> Imran. Yeah, and he used to be part of the DevSlot project too, but he just didn't have time to oh. do 400 things. So he just like helps and gives me advice sometimes if I need it. He's like, he's the best. He's a great friend. Yeah, yeah, he was, um, I guess, yeah, sorry, Vicky, uh, good, Not just sure. going down memory lane for a second. <laughs> yeah, he- the tough thing is if, if you know if you're already working in this space and you struggle to define it it's a lot tougher for those outside of this that like I've, I've had situations where um, companies have come to me to say we want a DevSecOps person okay and then I'm asking them to define it and they can't even do that or they're asking for a security architect but they're really they're looking for something else mm -hmm. and it's, there's very blurred lines out there um, in mm -hmm. terms of organizations they want to do something but they're not quite sure how to go about it or what skills are involved yes oh my gosh that's such a problem um that is such a problem nist is working on that like from the united states uh they've created like a list of um job titles and potential job descriptions that they're sharing on their website for free which is really cool of them um they're a good resource for a lot of reasons like they're usually like kind of lawyer speak so sometimes they am like policy types of writing which I find hard sometimes to fully understand and apply but if you read it 10 or 20 times it's pretty good <laughs> yeah but DevSecOps, DevSecOps in in my opinion like Imran it's like doing AppSec but in a DevOps environment and that means making sure that you include security and prioritize security just like you would qual like Security is a part of quality. You don't have quality without good security. And so a lot of people define DevOps as either like the three ways, which would be including, um, would be emphasizing the efficiency of the entire system, which means, you know, security can't just slow everything down and break everything for no reason. Uh, and then it would be super fast feedback, which means I wanna know security bugs as soon as humanly possible. I want to know security problems the moment they happen. None of this, we're going to do a pen test after a year of coding. Nope. Uh, or if we do, that's the 20th security thing we've done, right? It's, it can't be the first time. And then the last thing is continuous learning. And so you have to, you have to have every security thing can be a lesson. Do you know what I mean? If it's good or it's bad. Right? Like we did a pen test, we passed, that's awesome. Or we did a pen test, we failed. Let's talk about how, you know, like we're never gonna stumble on these blocks again. 
right? Yeah, and um, it's basically like I, I have, um, I'm about to start a blog series on that as soon as I'm done the pushing left like a boss where I'm gonna just go, I have like a talk with like a ton of research I did um, with yeah, help yeah. from all sorts of stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna release it, but it's gonna take a while, sorry. No, no, I mean, it's a pretty big topic to talk about as well. So I don't really think one blog post can justify it as well. No, and to your point, it's defining AppSec for an entire new stream, which has only been in existence for, what, five, six years now? Or maybe DevOps hasn't really been there for five years. Maybe even, I guess, less. So we're trying to redefine application security or security in general for DevOps, which has only existed for a few years. Um, Quickly on, on the, I guess we kind of spoke about different skill sets as well, right? Yeah. As someone who's an AppSec, is there a particular kind of, I feel like your personality is also something that you should consider when you go into a field in cybersecurity. Yes. Like in pen testing, you should be okay to read a manual for hours sometimes, which I can never do, I can never make myself do. So is there skills that, or I guess uh, things about which are particular to that asset profile or DevSec or cloud security profile that you're, that you're in. Are there particular skills that, that's, that makes a person successful in that? Like what can they be expected to do uh, from a skill set perspective, um, whether it's being attention to detail or something similar? Keen to know your thoughts. Um, I would say that for AppSec, you have to understand code. If you, if you don't know how to code and you've never coded, like at least take like an introduction to programming course. Like if you don't understand code at all, I feel like it's, it's really hard to understand where the developers are coming from. Like that it could be like a total mystery. Um, yeah. I also think if you're gonna work in AppSec, like purple team sort of position that you have to be able to collaborate and you have to be able like you have to have soft skills and I, I've heard, I remember when the Google memo came out and um, the author was saying that, you know, soft skills are not um, like a, that could be a detriment to coding. And um, I don't agree with that. I personally feel that like general, like basic level social skills and basic level soft, soft skills are like life skills, but that some people yeah. suck at them. <laughs> just like yeah. Common, yeah, common sense isn't that common apparently um, but like if yeah. you don't know how to yeah if you don't know how to have like a respectful conversation with someone if you don't know how to breach a topic gently if you don't like you're you don't go up and be like yeah your baby's ugly Right, like, and I, I've seen, I've seen <laughs> pen testers where they're just like, "Your baby's ugly," and I said, "I'm fire, yeah, peace out." And I'm just like, <laughs> "It's a great way to build a relationship." Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and in our industry specifically, like coming from software development, where like, I a lot of people are quite introverted. A lot of people are, I don't want to say timid, but I would say like humble. A lot of the people, a lot of the developers I've worked with, they're just like, oh, okay, I'll go fix that. Like, oh, this doesn't work. Like this button, I don't know what's up. Okay. As a, and then like the first time I start working like with this big group of pen testers, just like the, the level of arrogance that I 
I would be constantly, constantly, constantly um, see, be uh, like, I don't know what the word is, like have just arrogance at me. Like I remember a, a pen tester, like he'd gone in and then I went in and found some extra stuff and I was helping the developers fix it. And then he came in and he found a bug that he claimed I missed and he spoke very poorly about me to the customer and he refused to write a report saying that he didn't have time for that shit. I'm like, you don't oh. have time to do the work we paid you to do? Uh, and then and then he's, you know, the client asked like, can we have Tanya come back to like verify we fixed it? And he wrote everyone and was like, no offense, but you don't get to say no offense and then just say really offensive things. Like, I don't know if people know that's <laughs> not what that is for. Um, and then, yeah, and then like claiming like, well, she made all the mistakes in the first place, missing that blah blah. And like the 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 client was like, no, she wow. didn't. But uh, so he insisted that he go. And then after the client like wrote my boss a message and said, we will only work with Tanya from now on. And then like I remember the next time I went in for a pen test, and we're like, I just said AppSec at them <laughs> and I was like can we talk about like a plan can we like whiteboard your design and we did all this stuff and then you know we went through three iterations for them to get it perfect they fixed everything even the low level bugs that I found they fixed everything and so I was joking with them that I wanted to make them like one of those like certificates with like gold stars on it I felt like oh. Top and they're like, that's so you. If you had done it, that would make perfect sense. And like a little high fiving at the end of the project, but like they felt like really not good about how the other pen tester treated them. And like, yeah, I don't feel like we're gonna earn trust with that. I don't feel like they're gonna because then they would call me from then on and they'd be like, Hey Tanya, this happened. Like, what should we do? Or do you have advice on this? Or I would email them like hey, I know you're using Drupal and like, you know, there's this vulnerability in this level. Like, are you still using that? Because like, I need you to know this now. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we got it. Thank you. Like we set up that alert, like you told us. And do you know what I mean? And then you have like this ongoing, yeah. they feel comfortable. The, the because big thing there is collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like you can't work in AppSec unless you have like basic social skills and know how to be humble because it's not like, haha, I broke your crap. It's like, hey, I found a problem. Can we fix it together? Mm. It's like about yeah. attitudes and um, so, so being able to empathize with the developer as well, because I mean, it's not that they want to, I guess, intentionally add a vulnerable code into the system. It's just that they're not aware of it. Yeah, like developers, like they're literally builders, right? And of course, they want yeah. the thing they build to be amazing. And yep. they'll do the best job they can. Like they want to be beautiful. They want to be fast. They want like whoever they're building it for to love it. And of course they want it to be secure. Like when I was a developer, that's what I wanted. And I made mistakes too, that I now know I was like, Ooh, that was bad. When I would put a comment below <laughs> with the usernames and passwords and plain text. Does that mean it's safe for me to assume that I don't have to be a fan of Star Wars or um any any of the other shows to be like to have to build a report i could just be a regular person who does just happen to not have watched regular star person. trek regular person <laughs> like sci-fi as well i feel oh, yeah, that's, that's i feel the stereotypes around like around 
um, not just infosec, but like IT in general, like that you have to read comics, that you have to like start like like sci-fi, specifically Star Wars, which I have only yeah. seen one of and I didn't like it. <laughs> um, like that you have to game. You don't have to game. Like if you're gonna be a game developer, you should probably game. Otherwise, oh yeah, that is your enjoyment. That's your hobby. Just like I like. Wait, to so you're saying I don't need to have a basement if I want to work in security? No, and you don't even need to wear hoodies. I don't know if you got the memo. You don't have to wear black. You don't have to sit in the dark. Well, I feel like all of that really. Um, What's the opposite word of attracts? I think it repulses yeah. people from our industry. Like lots of women are like, oh, I don't fit in. Like men will say to me like, oh, you don't seem like a software developer. And I'm like, oh, I don't seem smart. And like, I like to help. Mm. I don't seem like I'm good at solving problems. And they're like, no, but when I think of a software developer, I imagine I'm like a white man in his twenties. <laughs> that what you imagine? that's introverted, that has poor social skills, because, uh -oh. no, but like, that's like the really bad stereotype, and like. Yeah, but, it, so do you reckon it's a bit different as, um, to, to exactly what you said, because there's a, there's a huge push for gender equality in IT and IT security as well, and we kind of joked about Star Wars, and I mean, but and is, is there a different challenge as, a female, because I know you do a lot of work in the female space as well. You've got a meetup of yourself, which is focused women in security. Women so security. what's the challenge? Yeah, there you go. So I would love to talk a bit more. I mean, if you could talk a bit more about that meetup, and I guess because um, there would be a, we would definitely have a few females or a lot of females in the audience. So is there any challenges that they would have? Because um, as you said, not everyone would be a t-shirt, jeans wearing. Star Wars speaking comic book reader with who does gaming as well. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, I've worked in IT for 22 years and I have been told so many times to go buy jeans and stop wearing dresses to work and um, that I don't look like a software developer or security or whatever. And um, I'm sort of uh, like, because I come from a family where all the women are like my, both my aunts are computer scientists. Um, most of my uncles are, a bunch of my cousins are engineers, computer scientists, mechanical engineers, chemists, mathematicians. So wow. of course yeah. I'm supposed to, when I was like, I think I'm gonna study computer science. They're like, yeah. <laughs> but I think that like for the average person that that's not like the normal outcome that happens and so um like they they're discouraged which sucks there's also sometimes sexual harassment that happens like I've had a lot of bosses hit on me and then when I politely decline not getting invited to meetings uh, I lost my co-op placement I, like, just like so many stupid, stupid things. Um, disgusting. Yeah, with, well, with the excuse of like, oh, like they're not used to dealing with girls. I'm a woman, not a girl. Yeah. Like, girls are under 18. They're children. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, wow. But I, I, I know. I've, I've had like a lot of really dumb things happen. However, I would say that it appears to be improving, but I'm also older and more confident. Uh, so maybe I'm scarier. I'm also like, 
I'm five foot nine and like 170 pounds and really active and strong. So I think that I don't get the same things that maybe other women do because I'm like, (laughs) Um, I also played in hardcore bands and punk rock bands. And so if something's inappropriate with me, I'm like, oh, allow me to show you inappropriate. Oh, I'm sorry for the noise. Just a second. There is a truck coming in. I'm sorry. Uh, I, uh, the apartment downstairs are moving. Um, and, uh, that is loudness. Okay. So I'm going to go in here. Okay. We're quiet. Sorry. That's going to be right. I mean, okay. Nice. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so basically, um, like I, if someone bothers me, I'm very confident to push back. Uh, I've only ever um, once had that really backfire um, and uh, uh, it ended up in assault. Like the person shook me and all sorts of craziness happened. And um, right. yeah, right. it was very bad. I had to, it did not work out well for that person. Because um, people should not put their hands on you at no. work. Yeah, so it's not right to do this anyways. I mean, irrespective of the situation, just not, I mean, just from, from a professional perspective, right? Irrespective of what the gender of the person is, you know, yeah. it's a workplace. Yeah. It's, it's a work relationship. It's not like you're walking into a bar to, to meet random people. Yes, but generally I find that standing up to bullies means they're just, they stop in their tracks, right? Like generally once they realize like, oh, she's gonna push back, it, like it's done. Um, so then from then on, like, you know, like you start in a new workplace, you establish yourself and then people don't bother me. However, I don't feel that that should be necessary or appropriate. Right? Like, no, I, don't, it shouldn't be. I don't think That's you should have idea. to do that. And I don't think you should have to be like, either be like super exceptional, like we should be able to have average level security people like um i was talking with one of my friends who's not white and we were talking about that you have to be twice as good to get just as much and he's like it is yeah because i think that's the thing that a lot of women talk about that and because we because we're challenging specifically talking about challenges but for women in security or in it in general there is that notion floating around that as a woman you have to be twice as good as your men counterpart because there's already 20 of them, whereas like five or 10 of, I, I think the ratio is quite, quite, quite vast, mm-hmm. the difference. So do you believe in that as well? Like the uh, twice as good? I believe that that is often required. Do I, I don't, obviously none of us on, obviously none of us think that's fair, but I do believe yeah. that that seems to be required to get promoted. Wow. Um, are you going to get a job? Like, I think for people who are, I guess a lot of our audience would be people looking for jobs as well. So people, so I guess any female or anyone who represents themselves as a female trying to apply for a cybersecurity job, do you reckon they probably have to put twice the effort compared to men and who are applying for the same job? It depends on who's hiring um, and right. it depends on their biases. A lot of people have biases that they know about or that, and even more that we don't realize that we have. Um, and I am definitely not an expert on that, but I definitely have felt in the past that I've had to perform 
at a very high level in order to be recognized. However, uh, I come from this ridiculous family of overachievers. So, like, I only have one diploma. They're like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, like, no shit. You, you have scientists in your family. Like, what's your barbecue conversation? What research have you been doing? I don't know. I just helped a few developers. Like, it's not exciting. Like, one of my cousins is, like, a PhD mechanical engineer who teaches at the University of Waterloo, which is the most prestigious technical school in Canada. And she's like, what's up? Wow. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, it, it's good to have overachieving, I guess, cousins, I guess, so it always keeps you driven. Um, oh, no, I, 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 I know one of those, I think it's, we would love to keep talking, but I think uh, we're kind of coming to the end of the mark as well. But we do kind of close with a few fun questions. Can I have, and, can I have one uh, more thing? I'm sorry. I meant to, okay, if you are a woman working in security or wanting to work in security or interested in security, please consider joining WOSEC, Women of Security. We have a Twitter account, you can follow us. We try to be this awesome light on Twitter of positivity. And yes. we have chapters across America and Canada and a few in Europe and even in Africa. And if there's not one in your city, talk to me and we can make one. And we just... Yes. We hang out, we make friends, and we support each other and have fun. And I think just to add to that, because you're coming to Melbourne in October, I believe, for OWASP aspects, so if someone wants to talk about having a meetup and catch up with you, which brings me, and just another point before we get to the fun questions, I think mentoring is quite important, and you're, you're a big promoter of that as well. So uh, I'm not saying just to open the fire hose towards you, but if, if, if you do find uh, an opportunity, please do find a mentor. It's something that you've spoken about, I've spoken about, Ricky's spoken about. I think all of us have that. People who have been in the industry have been talking about getting mentorship. And the community is pretty good. Like, we're all nice to hang out people. You enjoy berries. I like something else. Ricky likes something else. Uh, but I think we have different interests, but very predominantly nice people. We love to help. So uh, we, people should definitely reach out for mentoring. Um, moving on to the fun questions. I'm going to start. You're going to do one-on-one. -on -one. Sorry, go on. Did you mean to mention Mentoring Monday in your... That's the one. I was like, I could not remember the name of it. I was like, I guess. Every Monday on Twitter, use the hashtag Mentoring Monday, and I'll retweet you to try to help you find a mentor. That's awesome. Perfect. There you go. Cool. Um, all right, fun question. Is there a... Or is there something that you bought online for less than $200 over the last week or yeah. last month? Is there, buy online? is there anything that you bought online mm -hmm. uh, if, and if it's appropriate to talk about on a podcast? <laughs> I, guess. I just bought a lap desk because uh, I love sitting on the floor and I like, oh. I like sitting with my legs crossed a lot and my laptop heats up my legs. Yes. And also, um, if I have it plugged in, the plug, like, my leg will push on the plug. So it's like, oh. a, kind of like a pillow sort of thing and then a flat surface so that the laptop can breathe and I won't break my plug. Awesome. <laughs> Interesting. I, I got it for, I think, like, 16 or 17 bucks on AliExpress. That's a oh, right. So in, like, 10 short weeks, it's going to arrive from China. <laughs> <laughs> Ten short weeks and many hot laps. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and uh, another question is, um, what 
if you have recently or the most recent, uh, for example, what would be a, a book that you've given away to someone or recommended recently? Oh my gosh. Well, I just finished reading Warcross, which is science fiction. It's like a dystopian future, very similar to Ready Player One. Uh, so I was recommending oh, okay. that to someone. Um, and like a, a nonfiction book that I constantly, always, over and over again, recommend, like it's kind of like a duo. So first, The Phoenix Project, which is like, how did Gene Cam see my entire software development career? <laughs> it's like a fictional tale of how they discover DevOps. And then the DevOps handbook, which is like the, this is how you can go forth and like do DevOps. And it is the best IT book I've ever read. And you can listen to it on Audible. So like, I like oh, to yeah. run and walk and, and do things while I read a book. I feel I sit still enough when I work. So um, yeah, I just listened to both books in a row a year ago and it, it just opened my entire world. Wow. Wow. Um, so any parting thoughts and where can people reach you on social media? Yes. And so I am on Twitter as shehackspurple and my DMs are generally open, but don't say hi, please say what you want to say. Um, because if you won't write hi, I'm just, like, I don't know. I'm going to check this again in like two weeks. This is going to be the world's longest conversation. Oh, I get that. <laughs> and I'm on LinkedIn, but I'm not allowed more connections. So you can follow me though, if you want to see updates. I also have a YouTube channel which is like slash she hacks purple. Uh, and then I have, um, I also have a blog and uh, I, I have the same content on either medium.com or dev.to. And again, it's under she hacks purple. So I try to release a blog post every week, but sometimes I'm bad and it's every two weeks. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. No, that, thank you. Um, so thank you so much for uh, taking time out. Really appreciate it. Um, well, I'm not again, but I both appreciate it. And um, looking forward to having you again, hopefully. I think we kind of touched on a few things which we could not go deep into, but definitely would love to have you again in the future to go a bit more deeper into one of those topics. Um, for everyone else who's tuned in, listening on the podcast, would, uh, we would appreciate if you could leave a feedback or a review. If you're Richard Tanya, they tell her what you feel like uh, about the ladies in cybersecurity or Mentoring Monday. And from both of us, Ricky and Ashish over here, uh, we would really appreciate if you can let, also give some feedback around what would you want to hear about more in cybersecurity. If there's a particular field that you want to get into and you want us to bring an expert, like we have Tanya over here, I keep pointing at you. I'm, I'm, you don't have berries anymore. So I'm like, where's our berries? You're not eating berries anymore. <laughs> Uh, but um, yeah. Room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, that's that's me. Uh, any last thoughts from you, Ricky? Yeah, I just want to say thanks for your time, and we look forward to welcoming you to Melbourne later this year. I know. I'm so excited for AppSec Day, November first. Join us. I've never great. been to Melbourne, and I've only heard that it's absolutely the best place in Australia. So. Uh -huh. Yeah. The world, most Liverpool city in the world seven years in a row. I honestly, like, I, I went to Sydney and I don't know how a place could be better. So I'm looking forward to being absolutely floored because we'll show I was you. like, I didn't want to leave. Yeah, Sydney. you, you should like, definitely reach out to us. You should definitely reach out to us. Well, I'll send you links already. So you should, you can definitely, 
I got a lot of recommendations from me. But okay. thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And we're looking forward to welcoming you in Melbourne soon. Thank Have you. Have a great evening. Thanks, Thanks Tanya. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.